Wow. Are there, are there some things to report? The um, probably the hottest letter I've ever read from a president um, came out yesterday. Wait, what are their Ooh. hot letters? Have you read? Was it well, Clinton Monica to Lewinsky? Lewinsky. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, no, this this letter that went to uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, about impeachment. It is intense. It's intense. Congratulations, we're fully now in constitutional crisis, uh, which is which is just uh, f- fan fantastic. Uh, Also, we have more on what really happened uh, in Ukraine. We're going to concentrate a little bit on the whistleblowers that we did last night on the TV show. Today is a really important day on TV, and we're going to talk a little bit about it today on Chalupa. Chalupa. The woman I claim is the beginning of the fake Russia investigation. Wait until you see the connections here. Literally, House of Cards. That and some very important China news in one minute. This is the Glenbeck Program. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what is happening in China. Stu, can you give me an update on what you have with the NFL and everything else? China is changing uh, and NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be a really increase in the aggressiveness mm-hmm. of China mm-hmm. over even just the past few weeks. The the ridiculous NBA saga with uh, Daryl Morey, um, who is an NBA general manager for the Houston Rockets. And uh, like just to put a an emphasis on this because mm-hmm. he tweeted out, I support Hong Kong, you know, support democracy mm-hmm. was, was just obliterated by not only the league, his owner, other owners. How dare you in, insult the people's Republic of China uh, and the, and the wonderful communist party was essentially the response. Now, um, after a real blowback from Americans saying, Oh, uh, wait, wait, what are you guys doing? You're siding with the Chinese government here. Uh, there was a little bit of a step back yesterday. Uh, Adam Silver, who is the commissioner, released a statement that I thought was really weak, frankly, that said, well, we're not going to crack down on people's uh, personal views if they're employees of the league, which was exactly what they had done for the past few days. Uh, he did make a, a statement and said uh, a little bit more clearly yesterday that uh, it we're not we understand that he had a, a viewpoint and we're not going to uh we're not going to get involved in whether he's right or wrong um so there was a little bit of an improvement in the nba's position yesterday this did not help uh the opinion of china however who then not only has been taking down posters around the cities for the games that are being scheduled that were scheduled there they're not airing them they have a streaming service there that is not airing the games uh there's a big big pushback there and this is coming to a major head um, and you get the sense that South Park was right. You know, China basically is controlling multiple, uh, you know, large portions of our economy because they can hold us at gunpoint. And if you think this is bad, if you look at the way the NBA has reacted, it's going to point you to the, to what you know Glenn has been talking about uh, for a million years on how they could do this with our entire economy. So I want to take you there. Um, First of all, let's just remember that something's wrong with our banking system. I just sent something to Bowie, one of our producers, uh, in the the control room. 
if you could uh, open that up and put that chart up. This is something that Stu uh, found very interesting yesterday, and and you found this chart, I think, in the Wall Street Journal, maybe? It was a Wall Street Journal chart, yeah. Yeah, and um, you said you've been talking about this bank, this quiet bank bailout for a while. I just saw a graphic on it, and it totally changes everything. Yeah, uh, can you explain exactly? Cause yeah, it is, so this is the very repo. Complicated, yeah, yeah, very complicated. Yeah. This is the repo um, uh, market, and what happens is every bank has to have a certain amount of money, uh, you know, in their coffers when they close every night for the overnight. And uh, sometimes they're short. You know, they might be short five billion, or I mean, five million, or or you know, whatever it is, and so they borrow money from the other bank and they'll say hey we're short something can we just can we just sell you these treasuries uh and or you give us a loan based on these treasuries and we'll pay you one percent for the 20 you know for the 24 hours or the actually it's usually about eight hours and they're like fine and so it happens all the time the Fed doesn't usually get involved. Now, it used to prior to 2008, but it wasn't a very big deal. You would just go to the Fed and the Fed would take your asset and they would give you a loan and blah, 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 blah. It's standard. However, not what's been happening. What's been happening um, since the oil fields went on fire, you will see now if you happen to be watching the blaze, let's describe this for our radio listeners. Um, you will see that the beginning of this chart uh, starts in 2005 and it is marked in billions of dollars. So you will see that the Fed was bailing these banks out or borrowing lending money to these banks every night, uh, you know, between... 25 and 48, uh, is this in billions? Yeah, billion dollars, mm-hmm. okay, every night. And it just rotates. You give it back the next day. You will see that in 2008, when Bear Stearns went belly up, you will see that it went up to $125 billion uh, every night. And we all know what happened. Yeah, I mean, that's a crisis situation. Correct. Right. Correct. Then they were bailed out, and it went to almost zero every night. For a long, long time. What, almost 10 Ten years? 10 years. 10 years of zero dollars. Zero. And then on September 18th, for the first time. So it's a, it's a kind of like a heartbeat graph mm-hmm. with one big spike up to 125, you know, for the Bear Stearns thing. And then it goes almost flatline all the way to zero. For 10 years. Which is the best case scenario right. for this particular measure. Then on September 18, all of a sudden it spikes up to $75 billion. Then by September 25th, it's at $105 billion. And then by October 2nd, it's $181 billion. More than it was during the 2008 collapse. Uh, a lot more. Mm-hmm. It was about 130 was the very top for one day. Uh, and then it kind of spiked back down. This is 181 billion and it's still going on. So we don't know what's going on with our banks. We have no idea. Now let me give you how this ties into China. We are already in a precarious situation. I told you at the beginning that trade wars always uh follow a certain pattern. And when the world is on edge, that pattern always ends in war. For instance, what was the Boston Tea Party? 
Yeah, basically trade a trade war. war. Yeah, trade war. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, trade wars between countries when they are when countries are in conflict. That's usually the last step. And here's what happens. The first step is there's some sort of uh, a political crisis, and that leads to some sort of a banking crisis. Now, we had that. We, had our, we have our political crisis going on, and we also had our banking collapse in 2008. The next step always is the government step in to bail their banks out, and they start to devalue their money. They start to just print money. Well, we've done that. Then, because other countries begin to devalue theirs, look overseas, look at what everybody is doing, the trade imbalances start to go crazy. And that's when trade wars start. That's the last step before war is a trade war. And there's a few reasons for it. Trade wars usually get nasty and nationalistic And so you start saying, well, we're not in this with them and they're not in this with us. And you start throwing barbs back and forth and it spirals out of control. And World War One, World War Two, both started by trade wars. Now, here's the next step. Here's the latest in our trade war. Now, this has been leaked. um, And uh, these people who leaked this should be... um, should be found. I mean, I really believe the White House is a sieve and we are leaking things for political reasons that are very bad. So here's what uh, we do know. I want you to recall that in in prior programs, we noted that the Chinese printed 51 trillion U.S. dollars in their money. Um, and used a portion of that to invest in Western and U.S. stocks and bonds. These were off-balance sheet holdings per their own financial stability report in 2018. So they reported this, but they was off their balance sheet. They printed $51 trillion. So you know, if we gather up all the cash in the entire world, every... You know, every yak and every clam and every dollar and every uh, pound, we take all of it. That is $50 trillion. So they printed more than what the entire world has out in circulation. Half of that went 15 between 15 and 24 trillion is the estimate from the bank of international settlements that the chinese now bought in us stocks bonds and real estate this according to their 2018 report marco rubio in, introduced a bill in the senate early this year requiring foreign holders of us equities to report ownership structures a backdoor way for us to know Who owns the companies? Who owns the trusts? Who owns the LLCs that are making this investment? The bill, for some reason, most likely China, never made it out of committee. We speculated at the time that it was possible that President Xi from China was weaponizing our own financial system against us, enabling him to crash the U.S. economy just by hitting a sell button. If they have 24 Uh, I want to make sure this is right. Yes, 15 to 24 trillion dollars 
invested in U.S. stocks and bonds. If he hits sell, we have a major depression on our hands. So something happened yesterday that is very important. And we'll tell you about it in one minute. Okay. Yesterday, it was leaked that the Trump uh, White House may be looking into limiting Chinese investment in, uh, into pension funds and mutual funds, which would indicate that perhaps the speculation on China dumping or having the ability to dump trillions of dollars uh, and crashing our system may actually be real. Um, we know they printed the money. We just and we know they intended on putting it into Western and U.S. equities and bonds, but we don't know for sure because everything was purchased offshore. It's all off books, um, so we need to know. Having China limit their investment into pension funds and mutual funds uh, is going to a probably piss them off, um, but I don't have a problem with that. Um, but it also could. It's another indication that we are preparing for something because there also was another significant thing that the president did uh, yesterday. Do you have my main prep sheet? The one that was all highlighted? Shoot. Um, there was a there was something called open skies that uh, Barack Obama uh, signed in as as law. And I remember when he signed it in, it was atrocious it is one of the worst things i've ever heard any president do uh as far as our security do you remember open skies Stu? Uh, yeah i remember talking about it okay so open skies was our skies are open any country can fly any plane over us and we don't have a problem no i i have a problem i have a problem i don't want you i don't want your russian military jets flying over the united states of america i don't want the chinese to be able to fly over the united states of america unless we give them the ability to do that and tell them yeah okay what are you bringing in why are you flying over this space okay come on into our airspace so yesterday um, we lifted the open skies law. That, I believe, is really good. The question is, why and why now? You know, if this was something that was, you know, something that he had said, you know, I really think this was a bad law and I want to get rid of this. But we haven't heard him talk about it. Um, you know, we're that's a strategic move. Why did he do that? Again, I think he did the right thing, and I think he did the right thing on China. I'm not for trade wars. They're dangerous. However, China is more so. And Donald Trump is the only one that has been willing to stand up to China. When we had George Bush in office, we kept saying, what are you doing? And he would just, oh, you know what? Okay, so they're poisoning our dog food. Yeah, they're also making all of our medicine. Almost all antibiotics are made in China. That's not a good thing. If China decides to close doors, are we prepared? I believe 
the White House is beginning to prepare us for those things, which, again, is a good thing. But it is another warning sign that things are getting hotter and hotter in this cold trade war. Just keep calm and carry on. Know the information. Don't panic. Just make sure that you are mentally and economically prepared for what may come our way. Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed, and we have some bad news. The world is at war today. Uh, Turkey has launched their initiative to rid the world of the Syrian Kurds. Well, that's not possible because yesterday the president tweeted out that uh, we are not abandoning the Kurds in any way. Uh, They're special people. They're wonderful fighters. And likewise, we have a great relationship with Turkey. So don't worry about that. And then Lindsey Graham to the Turkish government. You do not have a green light to enter into northern Syria. Unfortunately, they have entered into northern Syria. Is it possible they caught the yellow? The yellow light? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they just caught the yellow yeah, light. And yeah, they just were at the just... very end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was yeah. very amber. <laughs> very amber. <laughs> but we didn't we didn't have a, a camera at the at the light. So right. <laughs> we don't know. We don't so know. Turkish warplanes have started to carry out airstrikes on civilian areas. Apparently there's huge panic among the people of the region. There should be. I wonder yeah. why. This yeah. is this this is going to go down as look I I I want our troops home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do too. I want our troops I do too. home. I want to be out of all of these foreign entanglements. However, when a country says that they are going to commit genocide, you take them at their word, especially when they have a history of genocide. The Kurds, the problem is, these Kurds are not good guys. Now, they happen to be on our side against ISIS, but they're not good, they're not, they're not Americans, okay? They don't, mm-hmm. they don't love America. They're, they are communist Marxists, um, and they, they would be fighting us just as fast. But that's not why Turkey is going in to get them. Turkey wants the rest of Turkey back. This is all about, what is it, the Balfour line? What was that line called? Um, you know, the line that we, we, we made that ISIS was trying to make a big deal out of. That they had, okay. Well, You're testing we'll have to go me back. with my... Yeah, yeah I know. I We've done so many shows on these things over the <laughs> last 10 years. This is all but it was about... was division after, after World War I. After World War I. Mm-hmm. And right? we divided yeah. it. And uh, ISIS was trying to take that back for mm-hmm. the, you know, the caliphate. And now Turkey is trying to take that back. And Turkey doesn't want just Syria. They also want the Iraqi Kurds who are really pro-American, who we have abandoned every time, mm-hmm. who are really good people. There are also Christians in these communities in Syria that are being bombed by Turkey as of right now. So we have abandoned the Kurds that wiped out ISIS. We helped them. And then we just said, see ya. And Turkey had been saying, we're going to go in and slaughter all those people because they're terrorists. Okay. And as President Trump said, he's he's fought them off doing that for three years. He's been telling them, no, just hang on. No, we're, we're in the area. No. And I, I don't know if he got tired of telling them no. No, I think what's happening is I think the impeachment... 
is um, is now starting to affect policy because the president's uh, the president needs to fulfill some promises. You'll notice in the last yeah. week we've been talking about the border uh, and and there's all kinds of news about the border on how many, you know, a million plus came in last year. Uh, and like, a, what is it? One hundred and sixty miles of the border has just been completed or something like that. They've been doing that. He wants to get out mm. of war. Nobody is helping him in the Pentagon and the State Department get out of these wars. And so he's just starting to say, screw you. We'll put alligators down at the southern border and I'm going to pull them out because you guys wouldn't do what I asked. And I believe this is a a a function of. Uh, deep state, but not the way we think of deep state. When we think of deep state, people usually think that's a star chamber and everything else. That's not the kind of deep state we have, although the Ukraine thing is beginning to look like it. We don't have a deep state like that. What we have are these career people in Intel, career people in uh, the State State Department Department. that have their own policies that they believe Mm -hmm. is right. And so they will thwart the president because they know they'll outlast him. That's the kind of deep state we have. And uh, I think they just refuse to move. This is what President Bush told me when I was in the office. I was in the Oval Office, and he tried to calm me down on something, and he made it worse by saying, look, whoever gets in and sits behind this desk is going to make almost the same decisions because they'll get the same advice and they'll have the same facts they're working on. Well, Donald Trump doesn't care. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like that advice, and he doesn't Mm -hmm. care about those facts. He says that this has been caused because of decades of screwing it up so we're not going to screw it up anymore and he talked the other day about his great and unmatched wisdom he he believes his <laughs> wisdom is unmatched and so he's going to decide it definitely comes, okay it doesn't it come off though as if turkey's just pushing us around i mean yeah it does they yeah. they are coming they're basically demanding get out get out get out get out we we say yes they have the balls to, to go send ahead. a communications director to write a, an op-ed in the washington post saying look yeah we're going to go in there and we're going to get these guys because they're yeah. a terrorist organization that's been working with the united states by the way uh, this terrorist organization, we're going to go in there and protect all of our people, and, and that's going to happen. I mean, they're announcing this in our newspaper. Basically, get out, mm-hmm. and then we'll go in and take care of this the right way. Yep. That's a that's a weird position for the United States to be in. These Kurds are reminiscent to me of the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, who we also supported, mm-hmm. and we also armed, and we also funded, and they were the enemy of our enemy, and they were fighting against the Soviet Union, so it was cool then. That's kind of like and these they Kurds turned now. into and, Osama bin Laden. Yeah, and but that I, doesn't mean you just allow Turkey to right. come in and do whatever they well, please. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. I wouldn't have a problem if Turkey was doing this. This is between Turkey and Syria and the Syrian Kurds. But the but Turkey is on the record wanting all of the land. And they want all Kurds dead. Yeah, they're trying so, to reestablish the Ottoman Empire. Right. And so the problem with this is, is this is not like these Kurds were, uh, you know, are super bad. 
they are in some regards. We were mm-hmm. using them like the Mahajadeen, or mm-hmm. however you say, I never could say those that name. Um, as uh, it, it, we were using them, and they're bad guys. Mm-hmm. However, the real problem for me is Turkey's stated goal over the last decade has been to get rid of all of the Kurds, get rid of all of them, kill them all. Mm-hmm. So they are talking about a genocide. If they were just talking about these particular Kurds because these guys were causing problems for China, but not the or for Turkey, but not these Kurds over here, you know, we don't care about their race or whatever, but they do. This is genocide. And I think a lot of times this winds up in a zoom out situation where we're looking at the big picture and talking about these in general concepts. But what's actually happening here is we had, what, a couple of hundred troops who were not fighting on the front lines in Syria, assisting uh, the Kurdish troops in that region. And that was what was keeping Turkey out from wiping all these people out. So we pull yeah. out 150, what, 200 troops out so they can stand across a, an invisible line in Iraq and watch the Kurds get slaughtered. And by the way, when we say we want to bring our boys home, they're just, is, is Iraq home? Because they're just pushing them across the border to Iraq. They're now in Iraq. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that they're home. So can I ask mm-hmm. you, can I ask you a question? What do you do? Because... I don't want to be protecting or be in bed with the Syrian Turks or Syrian uh, Kurds. I don't I don't think that ever works out well. They, they always turn into Osama bin Laden. Always they turn against us. So I don't want to help them. I didn't want them I didn't want them to be on our side, you know, uh, from the beginning. Look at every time we get into bed with a world power or any power that is bad. We did this mm-hmm. with Russia. <laughs> the Russia was our ally. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Then what did we do? We created the biggest foe because we said they were good. No, they weren't good. Look at what we're doing with China. We are creating our biggest foe because we're saying that they're good. They've never been good. They killed 60 million people. So I don't want to be in the round, around the world going, you know what? We're just best friends with you, and we're in bed with you, and we'll help you with military, and you'll help us, and that's great. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. So how do you end that? How do you end it? Unless you just say, yep, some people are going to be killed, but I got to pull them out. Well, I mean, what Trump has promised right here for, to potentially fight against this is massive economic To destroy their economy. Right? And let's he's not going to. You don't think yeah, he's going to take that step? Not on, not on so Syria. Either. Not on Syria. He'll let them kill them in Syria. All right, man, that's... Right, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't... I assume he does not want that to occur, obviously. So, um, you know, he... And he did threaten that publicly. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know... For Syria? And publicly. For Syria? Well, yeah. His, I think he said he, he wouldn't had, allow Turkey to come in and, just, and, and take the Kurds. He said something about if they do something inhumane. <clears throat> yes. Which I guess is a, is a line that's a little different than them coming in. I mean, I think... Genocide. As the op-ed says in the Washington Post... Uh, during a phone call with the president of, of Turkey on Sunday, uh, President Trump agreed to transfer the leadership of the counter-Islamic state campaign to Turkey. That's how this op-ed Jeez. opens. This is from the Turkey, the communications director wow. of Turkey in the Washington Post today. Can that possibly be true? I mean, he... Uh, you can't turn an anti-Islamic no uh, movement over, over to, to... Turkey. Right. To an Islamic... Doesn't uh, sound uh, like uh, there's going to be a good outcome from that. Right? Authoritarian That's state. That's uh, bad. Now, look, I, a lot of teams. I think 
we've come to a point with war, and I made this point, I think, a couple times before, but where we kind of judge it by the wrong metrics, where like we're like, you know, here's the length of time from the beginning of the invasion to today, and now it's our longest war. Like, I hate that argument when it comes to Afghanistan, because, like, we can say, is that... Yes, it is. Our, let's just say it is our longest war, which I, you know, I, I quibble with because what what is war, right? When you think of war, you think of World War Two, continual of, battles, uh, yeah, exactly, every day. Like, uh-huh. yes, we are Active still fighting. involved in the situation, but mm-hmm. would you rather have a a one week war where five hundred thousand people are killed on your side, or would you rather have a very long war with very few people killed, which is the new style of war? I don't like war at all, but the idea that one hundred and fifty people being kept um, in what seems to be relatively, for that region, safe circumstances because they're not on the front uh, uh, lines of battle to prevent an, uh, an entire uh, you know group of people that have assisted us to get it wiped out does not seem like um, the, the idea of being world, the world's policeman. I think the world's policeman is we are constantly mm. invading Honestly, places. The, and, yeah, the world's policeman yeah. is what Donald Trump promised he would do. If you do something wrong, then we'll come in and we'll punish you. Well, that's the world's policeman. Right. A peacekeeping force, which they never are. No. But a peacekeeping force is what we actually were doing there. You know, we were, you were keeping security the forces, security force, just mm-hmm. making Helping. sure that things, Training. you know, are are stable and they don't fall into extremist hands. So we were helping, right? We were helping with airstrikes. We were helping with resources. We were helping with training and advice. But what was our real role there? Our real role there was keeping Turkey's the Turks not out of coming in while our guys are there because they don't want to. They don't want to conflict with us. And yeah. almost the instant it happens, they're in. Mm-hmm. No, it is the And they promised it in our newspaper, in our capital. Despite the the warnings from the president and a U.S. senator. They did it anyway. Which looks really bad for us. Again, who is this? Is the warning real? I mean, if if they really had this call where Trump said, yep, now this is your gig. If that actually happened, I I mean, obviously somebody's not telling the truth. Now, I I would tend to uh, support, uh, believe our president over Erdogan. (laughs) So, but still, like... That needs to be sorted out, and, and you got to think the president of the United States, if he sees this and they're just lying about this phone call, he's got to be infuriated today. I would think so. Well, maybe Nancy Pelosi can get a copy of that phone call. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. I believe we're going to have some more Christians we're going to need to rescue uh, out of Syria. We have, uh, we have rescued now uh 35,000 Christians and moved them out of the area it's a number i heard last night I, I don't know if that's just in the last couple of years or last year um but we're going to have more now in syria and we so desperately need your help uh you can donate to help these christians who are going to be targeted for extermination by turkey um and it's happening in real time right now uh, please donate to the Nazarene Fund, please. Uh, we got to get those families out of there. Uh, also, um, because I can say to you on the air, every dollar goes to those things. We have to have a fundraiser every year um, that pays for all of the salaries and everything else. 
We have a ball that is happening October 26th. It's Saturday. It's here in Dallas. Please check this out. I'll be there. Everybody will be there. We want to meet you and thank you for your support. This is a really important fundraiser. Go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball and grab your tickets now. You're listening to Glenn Beck.